Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. You are listening to Community Matters. The holiday season has become equated with a lot of shopping and spending money on new clothes, electronics, and other items. One Jamestown resident, Kara Bemis, has a different approach when it comes to consumption of goods. I brought in Kara Bemis to talk about an issue that I've had a lot of interest in over recent years, and that's about sustainability. And Kara had created a page on Facebook called Sustainable Jamestown. So Kara, thank you for coming in to the studios today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So... You created this Facebook page, Sustainable Jamestown. What is that about? Um, it started a few years ago. Um, I have been against plastic pollution for a long time, and I was in this kind of global Facebook page that was just sharing ideas about plastic, like how to avoid plastic. And I thought it would be nice to have something like that locally to share ideas, support businesses that are greener and then maybe host events so that's what it's all about and you have hosted some events and you even have one coming up this weekend yeah um so far the event that i host is a clothing swap and i've actually been hosting those since about oh my gosh i don't know 2000 maybe 13 or so when i lived elsewhere uh and in jamestown since 2016 how does now what is that a clothing swap how does that work yeah it is um unless you go to one it is like what is it you you know you're not sure um a clothing swap you can host with a few friends this is a community-wide swap so anyone is welcome and you bring it's important to note that you bring you know you're like you don't want clothes that are peeling or torn or stained clothes look at the clothes that you're going through i always host them biannually or once a year as the seasons are changing. So I'm hoping that as people go through their closets, they might find some items that, oh, you know, I never wore that or it doesn't fit quite right or I bought it, but I don't love it. Um, That's in good shape that they can bring. I have a maximum number that you can bring. There's no minimum. Please come (laughs) empty-handed because there's always a lot. But there is a maximum because otherwise I get, you know, inundated with a with a ton at the end of the event um but yeah about 15 items you can bring shoes accessories bags uh clothes it is mostly women's clothes there are kids clothes um but not much men's but that's you know expected i guess Mm -hmm. um and what you do is you you show up at the event we've been fortunate to have saint luke's host us in their beautiful basement um and then i do i would like participants to set their own clothes out tables are labeled with sizes you set it out and then you start looking take as many as you want hopefully everyone goes home with something and that's all that's how it works it's a great way to um to get clothes in a more sustainable way to refill up your closet into kind of shop quote unquote 
And, you know, hearing you talk about this, I hear a lot about, we don't have the stores here in Jamestown area, or even, I, I, I'm trying to think if we have them, maybe Erie does, but I hear a lot about fast fashion, and this is really the antithesis of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, actually, we do have those stores. I mean, every pretty much everything is fast fashion, unless the opposite is slow fashion. So fast fashion is just how clothes are produced these days, and it's called fast fashion because, let's say, back in the 90s or 80s, uh, stores would come out with lines like a few times a year. You know, like JCPenney wouldn't have that much turnover, for example, as a store. But nowadays, stores, online outlets, you know, they pump out clothes all the time. And it's similar to how we think of fast food. It's very low quality. It doesn't last that long. Um, and it it's very, very wasteful from start to finish. So from the way that it's produced, where it's produced, how it's produced, um, mostly uh, with, depending on it, the you know, some are okay, but mostly it is, you know, cheaply made. So the threads might come undone, the hems might come undone. Maybe it doesn't last as many washes as a higher quality item, which of course you got the price. Like I understand why people buy fast fashion because it's cheaper. Um, but then in terms, it doesn't, it doesn't last so and then because you're saying like you know it doesn't hold up mm-hmm. it then you know in terms of reuse or passing it down to someone else that's not possible so then it essentially it ends up in our trash exactly <laughs> yes a lot uh, we produce a lot of um, waste that goes to landfill and it's not just consumers you know the guilt's not just on us as consumers it's also on you know, the producers so the textile waste is immense and then they if they don't if they create something because there's so much production and creation it's hard to be that creative so i actually just shared something recently on um a a reel from an artist in australia how her art was stolen from Shein and a print was made and that's very common because they don't you know they'll just have people take someone else's art or someone else's fashion design and then re turn it into their own print it, and that artist who had who made the print doesn't get any credit or money um and then it uh yeah, it, yeah. a lot of it ends up in landfill yeah and then that company that sold it they're making lots of money mm-hmm. off of whatever yeah. they're selling that week <laughs> so. yeah and if you thrift if you go to like a thrift store you'll see uh, like most of it's fast fashion so a lot of it um because like I was saying, like it's hard to be that creative to create so much output that they just add stuff randomly, like bows and laces, you know, like a lot of it doesn't even maybe make sense, but they just needed to reinvent the wheel or the t-shirt and put, <laughs> throw a bunch of stuff on it. Hmm. Yeah. And so what you're just saying here is that, you know, basically saying, okay, let's step back. Let's take a look at what we have in our wardrobe and let's see how maybe we can refresh it without buying into and supporting that kind of, you know, waste, wasteful kind of, I guess, merchandising. Yeah, yeah. So um, when you go shopping, you can ask yourself a few questions like, do I have something that already serves this purpose? Um, You know, do I need this? Could I use something else? Could I borrow from a friend? Say you're going to a wedding and you feel like you want or need a new dress. Like that's not a bad feeling to have. It's kid brings joy and pleasure to buy something new that makes you feel good but could you ask a friend 
to borrow something mm-hmm. instead because you might only wear that dress once. Right. And I, I think about it, I grew up, my mom, I, I call her the thrift queen because of her ability to go to the thrift shop and find things. And she's always passing down things. So I laughed. I said, the amount I actually buy clothing tends to be very small. I'll go through and say, well, this outfit was put together by Christine, which is my mom's mom, <laughs> my mom's name. So uh, yeah, and I don't know that everyone has that luxury because it is, it's a, a luxury to have someone who's willing to just pass on items to you. And so if you live in an area maybe where you don't have someone, I would say this event sounds like a perfect way to do a, a wardrobe refresh. Yeah, it it is. And I've always always come away with things. And I can remember, oh, I got this at a swap. I got that at a swap. And actually, since 2014-ish, I really stopped shopping at like malls or even online I tried not to buy new anymore. Like it was just, I halt, I stopped completely. I can still remember the last shirt I bought at H&M. Um, and, but you know, the clothes I buy at the thrift store, they might be fast fashion because that's what's there. But I bought it, you know, secondhand because there's so much out there. And the reason, like the, the impetus to stop buying fast fashion um, was of course the sustainable issue or lack of but also the labor issue, because our clothes are made uh, mostly by women in third world countries where they're not usually paid a fair labor wage. They can't, a living wage, so you know, maybe a dollar, dollar fifty, two dollars a day. Um, and it's oftentimes unsafe. So in, I'll probably get the date right wrong, but um, April 2013, I believe it was, and I'm not sure of the exact day, but uh, there was a building in Dhaka, um, Bangladesh, that the workers had told management, you know, it doesn't feel safe, the columns have cracks. And then in April in 2013, this building collapsed. It was multi-story, and it was... I don't know of the names, but fast fashion companies were the ones who were paying these workers to produce the clothes. Um, and over around 1,100 people lost their lives. And that was, you know, that was extreme. And that's mm-hmm. just like, okay, you know, it's not worth it for me to, it's an ethics yeah. issue as well as, you know, they're both ethics in terms of production, sustainability, waste, but also the labor. Right. You know, if you have the means to shop, because it's more expensive to buy slow fashion for sure and to buy natural fibers because there's it goes back to the plastic pollution. Um, most of our clothes are synthetics or have some synthetic component. And when we wash them, microfibers go out from the gray water into our waterways and they have found microfibers in rainwater, in um, breast milk, in placenta, in human blood. It's everywhere. And a lot of it is from clothing. So it's these microfibers from like fleeces. Right. And just washing one fleece yeah. releases the the amount of microfibers. It was like 250 million or something. You know, it was yeah. ridiculous for one one fleece. Yeah. And I think, and it's, a, and it's a funny thing when I think about, you know, people talk about, you know, cleaning and using okay instead of using paper towel for clean use a microfiber towel right it'd be so much better and yeah and we i mean they've even but one of the people who studies it has made a lot of you know breakthrough studies on it she's at fredonia and so she's local yes (laughs) and and i I apologize for not knowing her name and and because i i reference her all the time and uh but yeah i think about these things that we where we try to be sustainable Mm -hmm. but we're not 
we're not the science have it maybe is just catching up with the impact of that but yet it's still being pushed it's saying you know no it's okay you know don't use paper towels use this microfiber and there's a lot of companies that make a lot of money off of that too mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's not i think it's sometimes people i think can feel like well this isn't easy i mean i want to be better for the planet i want to be better for myself and my health and my family's health and how do I do that? And I think, I mean, you you seem to be living, at least trying to live the ethics of this, you know, with using natural materials with cottons and I've seen wools and any you know, mm-hmm. of the, the things that either you can grow or, or you know, where you, you can get them from uh, animals, like, you know, sheep or, um, oh gosh, and I just blanked on the, the oh, they're tall, alpacas. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I always, I always like to point them out when I see them on the road driving. But yeah, so in terms of yeah, thinking just I don't want to get away from your event that's happening on Saturday. What what time is that happening on October 14th? Um, two to four. Two to four p.m. And so and that is at St. Luke's Undercroft. Yes. Okay. Yes. So just so if and again, if, if people want to bring something, they're limited limited to 15 items, but you don't have to bring something if you don't have something. Yes. I don't want anyone to feel pressure like, well, I don't have anything to bring. I don't want to let go of anything I have. It doesn't matter. Come. If you're looking for your kids' clothes, there's we put a table at the back full of kids' clothes. Um, but yeah, please, there's there's so much. Mm-hmm. We have so much. <laughs> so, I mean, just on the clothing items alone, we've talked about, you've you've talked about a lot of reasons why it's important to try to be sustainable. You've talked about that. You know, there's the, the waste issue in terms of fast fashion and the way it goes into the landfill. You've mentioned even like the labor issue, which we've, we, I was thinking about the shirtwaist triangle fire that happened in the early 1900s or mm-hmm. late, and, and how that changed things here. But mm-hmm. yeah, we still are having issues like this in other oh, uh, yeah. nations. And then even going down all the way to um, impact on artists um, and, des- and you know, creators, I should mm-hmm. say, because it's, it, you know, it, it fa- affects more than just artists. It affects people who create. But overall, I mean, there's other reasons to be sustainable. So what... What else would you suggest to people who are looking to have a more sustainable lifestyle? What would you suggest that they where they start? Um, I think one place that we can all start is um, well, okay, we all wear clothes, right? Um, but another thing that we do is we all consume food in grocery shop. And for a long time, I tried to like be zero waste, so zero plastics specifically. But it's impossible. Like everything is in plastic. So, I mean, you can try to avoid it. But one thing locally we can do um, is, you know, shop at the market or use um, shop at places like Biodome or um, maybe Peterson's Farm Stand or other local farm stands. Try to, so bringing it more into the realm of food consumption. And that, but then again, like it's also, you know, it's more expensive to shop like that. But I found, and I was thinking before coming here, you know, I don't buy clothes new anymore. Um, so I have a huge savings in that. And I also don't pay attention to like trends because that's what encourages you to want to buy and wear what everyone has in the season and all that. Um, so I buy more like simple classic things that I can just wear year after year. And I try not to care that I wear the same, you know, top once a week or whatever. Um, But that gives me a savings. And then I can put that towards buying healthier items for my family when I shop 
when I grocery shop. So buying organic if I can um, and local if I can as well. Mm-hmm. And our farmer's market at least goes until I think they're going to be wrapping up soon, but our market does go into October. And do you know, are there other markets that operate during the winter months in Chautauqua County? I do not know. To be honest, I'm a gardener. So I, um, I grow, I try to grow food myself. <laughs> so, but that is another yeah, aspect of this. It is. And so, and, you know, we talk about, and, and granted, it's October. It's really hard to say, okay, I'm going to garden and be set for winter right now. So, but it is a great time to start planning if someone's looking at maybe, okay, next year, maybe I'll think about starting a garden. And, Really, that's another aspect is that in terms of, I mean, we, we live in an agricultural county, I mean, in terms of, you know, industry and economies, but it's it's not that hard to do on a personal level as well. No, and even no matter your space, so you could do like um, on your windowsill inside your kitchen, you could do a little box and try to grow some lettuces or something, even in colder months if they have sun. Oh, yeah. So that'd be one way to keep lettuce throughout, you know, at least in your home, because that, mm-hmm. I would think that obviously we are an area that the the um, the place, you know, when it comes to transporting goods into our county, if you live in California, if you live in Florida, you could probably grow a lot of these things, you know, some of them, at least the lettuces and things like that year round. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to October through or you know November yes. through March it's like we have to transport that in so then you're talking about diesel and gasoline costs mm-hmm. and impact on the environment which I mean it, it, all this we're talking about is because we're trying to do better for the environment yes which I mean maybe we, I kind of glossed over that I mean just because we were getting into some of the details but we're talking I'm ta- we're talking about all this because of what's happening uh, on a global level mm-hmm. and so when you're when you're looking at um, what I don't know if you've had people ask you about, you know, why should I do this? You know, what, what's what what impact am I going to have on a personal level? Um, I haven't. I think the people that join the group, you know, are already in that mindset, and they join because they want, they care already. But I can see, of course, that people would have that mindset. Um, and other ideas. Okay, that's kind of it's a skill to garden. The shopping thing and to, with with your clothes and your food, looking at labels. So with clothing, just like food, I look at the labels. What is the material? Where was it made? But mostly material because anymore it's all made abroad. Um, but when you go out to eat at a restaurant, you can refuse plastic straws. You can... Uh, now we don't have styrofoam so much but um, because it was banned in New York State. But um, take your own Tupperware. Uh, eat your leftovers at home, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. meal plan. When you're grocery shopping, uh, plan your grocery list so that you're not going to waste from shopping and buy items just on a, a whim. And then meal plan, create a lot, freeze it, save it, and don't throw your leftovers away, you know, use them, eat them, freeze your soups, leftovers, those sorts of things. But I also... Um, I have a little bamboo cutlery set that I carry in my bag and take around in case I eat at a food truck or a restaurant. Some restaurants use plastic, um, so that way I can avoid. And I think you listeners might think or people think, 
okay, but that's just you. Like if everyone else at that restaurant is still using plastic forks, it doesn't change anything. But maybe someone next to you sees you do that or your child or your mother, you know, you can influence those around you and tell them why you're doing it and it hopefully will spread. Mm-hmm. Everything we've heard a lot about how grassroots efforts are a lot of times very effective in enacting change. And granted, we I mean, I think when it comes to global change, uh, global warming, glo- cl- global climate change and everything that does require governments to step in and take the big actions like New York State banning uh, styrofoam was a big effort because I think a lot of restaurants would not have done that on their own. So that's one an example of where you have a state saying, no, this is what we want you to do. And we've seen it also with um, the state having their, their climate act that they pass that of all the things that are going to try to accomplish by, you know, various years, 2035 being a big year. But on a smaller level, yeah, I think if we said, even if we like, I'm going to take, um, I'm trying to think of a congregate, like say we took a classroom of children. Uh, and you said you have you have children, so I'm thinking if we took a classroom of children and all those children, like say 20, 20 kids, you know, all of them started eating using, you know, reusable silverware with their their meals at lunch, you know, or whatever have you, or, or were bringing their lunches in reusable bags, uh, you know, made a paper even say mm-hmm. or something that you know could sustain you know over time, that if they if that multiplied by you. Know, by classrooms or even like, you know, by schools that if you're thinking of a school as a total, I think that starts to make a difference. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's a really cool group called CAF. I'm not sure if I'm going to say it right, but it's Cafeteria Culture. And then they shorten it to like CAFCU um, out of New York City. And they're so inspiring. It's almost student led. So it's like third graders, fifth graders who really are anti-plastic pollution. They host... Um, like a plastic free day school day it happened oh maybe it didn't i'm not sure it's sometime in the fall um but it's really um interesting to go to their website they made a documentary and they made little short videos on youtube about why they're anti-plastic and they bring their own silverware or have transitioned their cafeterias back to silverware because you know growing up we had real silverware. We had trays in our cafeteria, and now it's transitioned for convenience. It's all about convenience. You know, do you do the easy thing and throw it away, or do you take a couple minutes? And you know, personally, a couple minutes to wash the item. You know, if you're talking about a cafeteria full of children, of course, it takes more time, and you need to bring back that industrial dishwasher. But it can also just be part of the job description of the cafeteria staff once more, as it used to be. Um, but they're very interesting if you, in terms of school to look at and inspiring because they've made a lot of change. They even compost in New York City schools, some of them, public schools. They're like compost. They're really, they've got the, res- the it's not just one garbage bin. It's like the garbage, the compost bin, the trash bin, the plastic bin. They've, yeah. And they, they've done it themselves, these children. Right. The children are going to be okay, I think. Some, I so. some of them, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, it makes me think about, you know, that we're talking about that gardening, that you can start gardening on a small level, that if you never garden before that. And, and um, 
the Grow Jamestown program that's done through the Jamestown Public Market. They have, you know, if someone doesn't have space to garden, they have plots that they open up. And I've talked with uh, Linnea Haskin about that multiple times about that program that they have that starts in the spring. But and also, when we're talking about composting, that we can compost in the city of Jamestown. I think you have to have it covered, but you still are. That's something that is allowed within the city. Um, so there are opportunities there. And I think, is there still an organization that goes around to pick up compost? Um, I spoke to a friend about that. I don't think, uh, I think she was based out of Frewsburg, and I forget her name, but I don't think she's, I think actually it was almost a good thing from what my friend had said was that there was too much interest. And she just couldn't handle the pickup. Um, but if you're saying, you know, you can do it in your own backyard, mm-hmm. it's it's actually really easy. Like, I don't maintain my compost that much. I take my food waste out there. You're supposed to turn it a lot, but I don't turn right. it that frequently. And it doesn't attract animals because you don't put any meat product or bones or dairy. So it's really just... And then, you know, you've got this free fertilizer to put on your garden if you have a garden. Yeah, and that's something, I, and I've talked about on, on previous shows where I had a compost back in the day, and I, I still have to set mine up at our new plows where we live. But, yeah, I, I've always forgot to turn it. It's like I take stuff out and be like, oh, well, I'll get to this. But, yeah, it all seemed to work just fine. I didn't yeah. need to add, you know, anything to it special to make it decompose and do its thing. It just... it's like nature does it did it itself mm-hmm. so yeah and i'm always surprised by you know what breaks down the fastest i thought eggshells don't break down as fast as i thought they would they're full of calcium <laughs> <laughs> and actually with eggshells if you're a gardener you can um dry them out and grind them up and then put them on like your tomatoes for calcium ground up very finely or what i like to do is just crush the shells so they're not finely ground. And then I sprinkle, sprinkle them around my small seedlings because it deters slugs, which I have a problem with. <laughs> yes. I have slugs in my yard. They just appear. They're just there. Oh, yeah. yeah. So and I think it's probably because it's been kind of a, a rainy season we've had. It, it parts of the the parts of fall where it hasn't been, you know, 80 degrees. So uh-huh. hot as September on record. <laughs> yeah, hot as September on record. Yeah, I talked about that last week. But... Um, in terms of um, um, information, I guess if people are looking for information, do you have places you recommend that they can find out more about how to do sustainable living? Or do you recommend they just join your page on Facebook? Yeah, that's a great idea. I'd love for more people to join and for people to share. I think I post the most, um, but I, I like doing it. It's really fun. Um, so anyone can share and ask questions. And there is a sense of community. People do ask questions and other people reply. Um, but there are some good books. Um, so in terms of like fast fashion, there's an author named Elizabeth Klein. And I I hope I don't get the name of the book wrong, but it's True Cost, The High Cost of Fast Fashion. And that's, you know, maybe from 2016 or so. So it's a little bit older. She might have an updated edit and I know she came out with a newer book too but that really breaks down everything in terms of the fast fashion versus slow fashion and how in the 90s clothes were American made and now they're not it was like something like 92% was American made and now it's down to like maybe two or less I don't know Um, but that's for the like clothing Um, and then uh, I think just online looking, like there's a lot of cool people to follow on Instagram or 
whatever social media you use or just, you know, Googling people for nonprofits and people who are making the change themselves, community level or wider and broader national or global. Kara, is there anything else that you'd like to add that, you know, before we close out today? Um, I think it can feel daunting, right? <laughs> and it is um, sad. Like, I don't, you know, we've mentioned global warming, climate change. Like, I refer to it as the climate crisis, and we're living in it right now. We experienced it here locally in Jamestown with the wildfires smoke. Um, and we had some drought, like it was quite dry. I wouldn't say it was a drought, but it was pretty dry and the heat, of course. Um, and then if you pay attention globally, it's just every day, the floods and the droughts and the hurricanes, the wildfires. Um, but I like to stay on top of that news because it inspires me to make small changes in my own life and hopefully inspire others to do the same thing. And like you said, it's, I don't want people to feel like this guilt and pressure that, oh, I used a plastic straw, so, you know. But next time, maybe try to remember not to. Uh, and really, we, we need to make these changes, like you said, on a governmental level and with policy changes. But the more that people are aware of those things and push for those things, then they will happen. Yeah, and hopefully also influence those who are trying to sell us their products. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, it would. It has to be consumer-led, I suppose, on that, on that level, too. Well, we've been talking with Kara Bemis, who is the founder of the Sustainable Jamestown Facebook page. So if you want to visit, the search for Sustainable Jamestown on Facebook. Kara, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for having me.